Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPL General. I'm recording on Tuesday morning ahead of Game Week 30, so there's still a few international matches to be played at the time of recording. Hopefully there's no major injuries in those. The FPL deadline is Saturday this week, 11am UK time. It will be good to have a regular round of 10 fixtures this weekend after the blank game week last time. I'm sure most of you have enjoyed the international break in what has been a hectic season. It came at the right time for me during a run of red arrows and frustration, but now I'm feeling refreshed and ready to attack the final 9 game weeks of the campaign. Game week 29 feels like quite a while ago now, just a bit of a refresher with the headlines. Patrick Bamford and Rafinha did the business in a 2-1 win over Fulham, with Adamola Lookman getting an assist in that one. Brighton put Newcastle to the sword with a convincing 3-0 victory. Trossard got himself 14 points, and Veltman was another hero in that one for his owners with 10. He got the assist. West Ham and Arsenal played out one of the best games of the season. The Hammers going 3-0 up only for Arsenal to claw it back to 3-3. Thomas Soucek managed to score in both nets in that one. Jesse Lingard continued his impressive form with a goal and an assist. Mikel Antonio provided two assists and somehow missed a glorious chance which hit the post, while Alexander Lacazette made a strong case for inclusion in wildcard teams, scoring 11 points in that one. Spurs beat Aston Villa 2-0 without Bale and Son. Harry Kane and Vinicius were the goal scorers, with Lucas Moura getting an assist. You can subscribe to The Athletic UK right now for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. Simply visit theathletic.com forward slash fplpod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash fplpod. Game week 29 shoutouts. Welcome to the club, Bertrand Triori of Aston Villa. He managed just 59 minutes against Spurs for a big fat one pointer. Couple of notable mentions as well from the blank game week. Sergio Regulon, who was a popular pick ahead of that game week, manages 56 minutes to miss out on the clean sheet point. So a very painful substitution that one for his owners and Josh Maggia who a few people would have had as well for Game Week 29. He was hooked at half-time for Mitrovic in that game against Leeds. So as always, this weekend, keep an eye on those clocks and send me a tweet when you see anyone getting taken off in the dreaded 59th minute. A quick review of how Blank Game Week 29 went for me. It certainly was a blank game week. Most of my players blanked. Very frustrating. 
I went into the game week, I used one free transfer, I got rid of James Justin finally and I brought in Stuart Dallas who has been amazing for most of the season but as soon as I own him he gets a two pointer. I ended up with just seven players because Gareth Bale didn't show up which was kind of to be expected anyway but I thought he would get something from the bench at least but that was frustrating. There's a question on him later so I'll come back to it. Finished on just 36 points, absolute nightmare because the free hitters destroyed me. There was lots of managers scoring 70 points and 80 points. So well done if you were one of those. I and many others thought that this game week 29 with just four fixtures and the, the fixtures that they were, that it wasn't going to be a high scoring game week. But it turned out that a lot of people did very, very well. My rank went from 10k to 16k. That is my fifth red arrow on the bounce. So like I said, I was very glad of the international break. It was nice to have a Sunday without a red arrow. So hopefully I can start turning them green now for the next couple of weeks. The good and the bad. The good, Kane captain 14. One thing that has been pretty good in my season is captaincy. And I was determined to improve on that from last season. So I'm happy with that. And I'm determined to continue in the final nine game weeks of having good returns from those captain picks. Rafinha got eight and Mikel Antonio got seven and that was it. Nothing from Melier. Soufal got a nice big zero pointer for the yellow card and conceding three goals. Nothing from Dallas. Bale and Son didn't play and Ollie Watkins, as he often does, got me two points. So I'm looking forward to getting rid of Watkins on my wildcard. A watch list update following game week 29. Players I've removed. Quite a lot of players here are players who had a fixture in game week 29. And that was the only really reason they were on the watch list. I don't really fancy them long term. Those players are Lewis Dunk, Jamal Lascelles, Matt Target. A couple of Arsenal guys as well. Smith Rowe. He didn't play anyway, so he's gone. Odegaard is gone from the watch list as well, despite having a very impressive second half against West Ham. I think he's he looks a very, very good player, but I'm not convinced he's going to be a very good FPL asset. I can see him you know, assisting the assister quite often, as he did in this one. I think he played the ball to Pepe for the goal for Lacazette's goal. So he's obviously he's very a very good player. He's going to make Arsenal a better team. But I'm not convinced he's worth it FPL-wise just yet. And, and he may he may never be worth it FPL-wise from what I've seen so far. Uh, Trossard is gone from the watch list as well. Obviously missed the boat on him. The time to own him was in Game 29. And that was the only reason he was there. I don't really have much faith in Brighton assets in the coming weeks. I think their fixtures are tricky anyway. So I won't be looking to buy last week's points. And Lukman also is gone for similar reasons. So players added to the watch list. Marcus Alonso. I think he's a very good one-week punt this week, which I'm going to come to. There's a lot of questions this week. Who's the best one-week punt for those who are going to wildcard in Game Week 31? I'm going to talk about my wildcard as well. I haven't activated it yet. I may activate it this week, I may not, but I'll come back to that when I come to the transfer section. Alonso is in my thoughts, even though he doesn't start very often. When he, The good thing is when he doesn't start, he tends to get zero minutes, so I think he's worth the risk with these good fixtures coming up. Patrick Bamford's back on the watch list, sold him recently as well. He's got Sheffield United this week, so I like him for that one. Lacazette, very impressive against West Ham. I think it was striking that Aubameyang was the one who was substituted when it was 3-2. You know, Arsenal were looking for an equaliser 
and it was Aubameyang who was taken off, not Lacazette. So I think that's a good sign going forward for Lacazette as an FPL prospect. And finally added is Thomas Soucek. He's back on the watch list, having been in my team earlier in the season. Last couple of games, he's caught my eyes. He's getting into the box very often. He's getting goal attempts. Um, as we've seen, got himself on the score sheet against Arsenal. So I just still think he's very good value. I think he's going to be overlooked because Lingard is doing very well. Obviously, you've got Antonio Cresswell. You've got a lot of good assets at West Ham. But I think Soucek, when I do wildcard, whether it's this week or next week, I think he's actually got a pretty good chance of making it into my squad. That's if I decide not to pick Jesse Lingard. So I do this every couple of weeks. I just do a run through of who exactly is on my watch list across each position. I think I've got about 28 players. I'm just going to list them. There's no particular order of preference here. Goalkeepers, Mendy and Forster. So those are probably the two I'm going to look to for the wildcard. Defenders, Luke Shaw, Rudiger, Alonso, Cresswell, two Liverpool guys, Trent and Robertson, Tierney, Saiz from Wolves and Dawson at West Ham. Midfielders, Bruno Fernandes, who... I would really like to get back for this Brighton game. Kevin De Bruyne, Jota, Havertz, Mount, Grealish, who's now fit again, Neto, Lingard and Soucek. And the forwards on my watch list are Jimmy Vardy, his teammate Ian Acho, two Everton guys, Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison, Lacazette, Bamford, Shea Adams, who I think has been pretty good recently, and Chris Wood, who scored in his last two games. Moving on now to the Twitter questions. First one this week comes in from Mark Cram. What to do with Manchester City assets? With the league almost wrapped up, they are likely to focus on the cup competitions and I'm considering going with no City players and focus on teams with something to play for in the league. Is this too risky or do you think it is a viable strategy? So my thoughts on Manchester City at the moment are... I think we can start moving away from them. The league is going to be wrapped up pretty soon. You know, let's be honest, it it already is wrapped up. It's just a matter of getting over the line and getting the points that they need. They're in all the cup competitions, so there's going to be lots and lots of rotation. You know, when I wildcard, there's a very good chance I'll have zero Manchester City assets. That's my thinking at the moment. Um, Obviously, there's Gundogan, who's still very good value. De Bruyne is a big hitting, exciting option. If he continues to play the way he has on the last couple of games. Defensively, I'm happy to let Cancelo go because he's he's a big rotation risk. If if any defender's gonna stay for me, it's probably Diaz. You know, I may look at Stones as well. I was listening to the FPL wire. Uh, I think one of the guys so far possibly made uh, a good point about John Stones as well. When Stones doesn't play, good chance he gets zero minutes. So he's a bit like Alonso, so Stones could be worth it for that reason if you want to save a bit of cash. But to me, Diaz is still the safest option who will probably play the most games out of the Man City outfield asset. So my feeling is I've got three at the moment. I've got Diaz, Cancelo, Gundogan. I'm going to move away on the wild card. I think at most, I probably should say two at most because I may end up deciding to keep Gundogan because he's been good to me and I I still think he's very good value. Uh, Diaz could stay. Cancelo will definitely go, but I think most likely I'll have one or zero. So one, it'll be Diaz or Stones. And, you know, I think I think I'll probably go zero because I really want to enjoy the final nine game weeks of the season. And one thing I want to reduce as much as possible is Pep Roulette. You know, I don't want to be sweating over the Man City team sheet. I don't mind sweating over players like Alonso. Uh, because when he does play, he can he can do he can be absolutely massive, and he's unlikely to play 
any minutes where if you go for a Gundogan or a De Bruyne or Sterling you can get 10 or 15 minute appearances here and there for one pointers which is very frustrating so I agree with Mark here I think I think it's time to move away from the City guys get players who we know are going to play every week there's plenty of them there's plenty of teams who still have something to play for around those European spots as well you know your Liverpools your West Ham's Chelsea's Manchester United's Leicester's those are the teams I'll be looking at rather than Manchester City when it comes to my wildcard picks. Question from Alan Bilham. Do we keep Bale and Son this week for Newcastle away? So obviously with Son it depends on a positive update on his fitness. So hopefully we get that on Friday in the press conference or Thursday whenever it is. So I've got both. I've got Bale, Son and Kane and my current thinking if I don't wildcard this week, it's just to keep all of them. Obviously, Kane stays, and Kane will be the captain for me, I think. Uh, I don't think. I, I know he will be. I'm, I'm not going to change my mind on that one. Son, if he's fine, obviously he stays. Newcastle away is a pretty good fixture, given how poor they were against Brighton. Bale is the big question mark. Obviously, zero minutes in the last game week. Will it happen again? Will he be on the bench and get 10 or 15 minutes? Or will he start? So... I think, particularly for those of us who are going to wildcard, if we're going to wildcard next week in game week 31, I think it's worth keeping Bale. You know, you can view him as a one-week punt. If he doesn't play and he gets 20 minutes, it's not the end of the world. But I think the possible upside outweighs that scenario. If Bale does start against Newcastle, you know, he could get he could get a brace in that game or a couple of assists and it's worth keeping him. So I'm going to use my transfer elsewhere, I think. I'm going to keep Bale I think I'm going to keep him in my starting 11 and just hope that he that he does get that start. Next question is from FPL Dude. Do we keep Leeds assets like Rafinha, Dallas and Bamford after game week 30? So Leeds have a fantastic fixture this week against Sheffield United. So do not sell any of them this week. Looking further ahead, it's tricky. The three after that, Manchester City, Liverpool... And Manchester United so I think Leeds are a bit like Man City I think we can move away from them you might want to keep one and I think if you're keeping one it's got to be Rafinha or Bamford coming down to personal preference looking at those fixtures they're not there's not going to be many clean sheets you would imagine for Stuart Dallas so I think you can lose him when it comes to Rafinha versus Bamford I'm still in the Rafinha camp at the moment I just think he is a better player and he's got more routes to points yeah, I'm going to talk about Bamford in a in a question later because he's one of my he's actually one of my regrets this season selling them a couple of times. So it's worth noting as well though if you are moving away from Leeds players, you might want to factor in you might want to bring them back later because the final three games of their season is Burnley, Southampton, West Brom. So I think you keep one Leeds player. I think it's probably fine to keep two as well if if you're going to back if if you think Leeds can get a couple of goals. In those couple of tough fixtures, you can write out the tough fixtures with, let's say, the Rafinha Bamford double up, and then you've got a nice, you know, nice fixtures to finish the season. But I think the best approach is probably just to keep one of Bamford or Rafinha, and then maybe go back to the double up later in the season. Question from Josh. This question came in actually from about forty-five different people. Who is the best one-week transfer for those wildcarding in game week thirty-one? So. This is the beauty of when you know you're going to wildcard. So if you know you're going to wildcard in 31, you've got a luxurious transfer this week. You can bring in any player, have a one-week fling with them, and then tell them to get lost next week, no matter how it 
how the how the date goes. So a couple of options here. I think Chelsea are the obvious place to go for a one-week punt because they play West Brom. So you've got Marcus Alonso, who I think has a good chance of starting this one. Uh, I like Havertz as well. I don't like I don't just like Havertz as a one-week punt. I like him for the final stretch of the season as well. So those two I think are the standout one-week punts from Chelsea. If you don't own Bamford or Rafinha, I think they're just as good for for one week punts this week as well. Likewise, Bruno Fernandez, I don't own him. I would love to get him in. You know, if I could do Bale to Bruno for free, I would, but I can't because I don't have enough cash. Luke Shaw, I think, is a decent one week punt against Brighton, but I probably would favour a Chelsea defender. And if you don't own Youngman's son, and if he's past fit, you know that's a pretty good one week punt as well against Newcastle. Obviously, I wouldn't take a one week punt on Bale. If you don't own him, I think it's okay to keep him if you have him, but I don't think you buy him now, given what happened previously. And finally, for one week punts, Calvert Lewin and Richarlison both they play Crystal Palace at home. So if you're looking for a striker for one week, I think those two guys are pretty good as well. But for me, I'm leaning towards Chelsea. If I'm going to make one free transfer this week rather than wildcarding, I think it'll be either Alonso or Havertz. And I'll come back to that in the transfer section. Question from Yusuf. Now that we have a lot of midfield options, and Yusuf lists them, Saka, Neto, Rafinha, Gundogan, Jota, Grealish and Madison, who and how many 7.5 million and under midfielders would you choose for your wildcard? So I just mocked up a very quick draft just to see how many expensive midfielders would be in it and how many cheap ones would be in it. And I think if I was wildcarding this week or next week, I don't think it I don't think the teams will be that much different this week and next week for wildcarders. I think Bruno would be definitely in. And I think I would have one more premium midfielder for squad structure. So it's gotta be one of Salah, De Bruyne, or Hyungman's son. So I think that would be your two premiums and then it would be three cheap players in midfield. And I think the three I like most are Lingard. He's on fire and West Ham are going for the Champions League. So there's a lot to play for there. Jota at Liverpool, I think, is very good value and should see plenty of game time over the next couple of weeks. And Rafinha, I think I would keep Rafinha on my wildcard and he would be my one Leeds player. So let's say that would be a midfield of Bruno... Rafinha, Jota, Lingard and then I have to pick one of Salah, KDB and Son I would probably keep, if I was wildcarding this week I would probably keep Son for the Newcastle fixture and then you could possibly move, you know, look to move to a Salah or a KDB um, I'm trying to think who I would choose at the moment over Salah out of Salah and KDB I think it would be Salah just because I think KDB is much more of a rotation risk than Salah is for the final part of the season Um but KDB will be in my thoughts. Question from Sir Jose. Pedro Neto's fixtures from game week 31 to 34 look very good. Is he worth buying to target the easier fixtures, even though he has only returned one double-digit haul this season and also presumably Wolves have nothing to play for? So, yeah, when we get to this season, if you're new to FPL, you'll hear about managers like myself talking about teams being on the beach. So... Basically, they can't get relegated, they can't get a European place, so they're just really playing for league position. So there's not a lot of motivation. Obviously, there's financial motivation there, but in terms of the players, probably not that much. So Wolves are one of the teams that have really good fixtures over the next couple of weeks. But are they worth investment is a big question. And at the moment, 
I'm not overly keen on getting Wolves players. If I get one on my wildcard, it'll probably a maximum of one. I'm not going to go overboard with Wolves assets. The thing with Neto, I love Neto as a player. Every time I watch him, he passes the eye test. Obviously, he's he's heavily involved very often when Wolves score. But that's the problem. They don't score many goals. I've had a look over the last 10 matches. Wolves have scored seven goals. You know, they're scoring less than a goal a game. That's not really what you want from a, you know, FPL attacker. So as, as good a player as Neto is, I don't think he's the problem. I think Wolves scoring goals is the problem, which is why I much prefer someone like Lingard, who's got something to play for. West Ham are scoring more goals than Wolves are. And Lingard's obviously scoring and assisting a lot more than, than Neto is at the moment as well. So between those two, I think I think Lingard wins that all day long. Um, as good a player as Neto is, I just don't have much faith in Wolves' uh, attack. I probably have more faith in them defensively. Jonathan Thompson comes in here with a related Wolves question. Is it time for a Wolves defender? The next three fixtures for them look excellent, but can we trust them? And if so, is Saiz the best option or do we keep the Wolves from the FPL door? I like that. So Jonathan mentions here the next three fixtures are really good. I've, I've had a look at the fixtures and I think the next six are really good for Wolves. West Ham, obviously not the easiest fixture this week, but then it's very nice. Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley, West Brom, Brighton. On paper, out of those five games, Wolves should keep three or four clean sheets. Now, obviously, it depends on their motivation and, and a couple of other factors. Jonathan asks, is Saiz the best option? I think he is. Connor Cody has been posting much better numbers recently in terms of goal attempts. But I just, you know, I think the price is very similar. And Saiz has been a big goal threat for a couple of seasons now. Whereas Cody, it's all new to him. You know, it's uh, he ventured into the box for the first time recently. He's got, he got himself a couple of goals. But I, I've got much more faith in Saiz in the opposition penalty area when it comes to Cody versus Saiz. So if I go for a Wolves defender on wildcard, it will be Saiz. And I probably won't be given that too much thought. Um, you know, I don't think I'll be doing any comparisons between Saiz and Cody. I'll just be going off gut instinct that when I watch Wolves and over the last couple of seasons, Saiz is one of the biggest threats when it comes to centre-backs in the Premier League. So he's the one I will be going for most likely. Question from Johnny. Who are your wildcard essentials? So I had a look at this and I don't think there's too many essential players at the moment. I mean, there's never too many essential players in FPL. But if I had to call it now, you know, let's say I don't wildcard this week and I decide to wait until next week. Who do I think has the best chance of being in that squad? Uh, I think Mendy as my goalkeeper and Forster as my sub goalkeeper. I'm pretty sure that's the double up I will go for. I'm pretty sure I will also have a Chelsea defender for the defensive double up with Mendy. Question is, which one? Do you go safe with Azpilicueta Rudiger? Or do you go for the exciting option in Alonso or someone like Chilwell or Reese James? At the moment, I'm leaning towards just playing safe. If you're, if you're going double Chelsea defence and you want to get double clean sheets week after week, you want to have guys who play every week. So something like Mendy and Azpi or Mendy and Rudiger is probably the most likely way I will go. I'm not reeling out a triple up in defence for Chelsea though. May go something like Mendy, Azpilicueta, Rudiger, or maybe throw in Alonso as, as the exciting pick yeah, and just have a good first sub. So Mendy, Forster, Chelsea defender, Bruno Fernandes and Harry Kane. I think those are probably the only 
locked in picks for me at the moment. Bruno and Kane, the two most reliable premium assets at the moment. Both players are very good for the captain's armband between now and the end of the season. Question from Spuds. If you could have done one thing differently this season, what would it have been? Good question. I always welcome questions like this that are a bit different to the usual, you know, captaincy and transfer questions. So someone rightly commented back to Spuds here that surely he's going to say not getting Aaron Ramsdale in game week one. Absolutely. I think I'd be in a much better position if I had a better goalkeeper in FPL for the first 10, 12 game weeks, whatever it was. The other one for me that comes to mind is Patrick Bamford. Uh, I got on Bamford early in the season, which was the right thing to do, but I've I've jumped off him twice now, and he's punished me both times. So there was a period, I think around game week 21 to 24, where I didn't have him for three game weeks, and he scored 15, 5, and 6. I didn't have him for blank game week 29, which hurt a lot. He got 11 points, and now he's got Sheffield United this weekend, and I don't have him again unless I wildcard him in. So that's probably going to hurt even more. He's a very highly owned player. And quite simply, he's just a very, very good value FPL pick this season. And when I reflect on my season, one of the things I will probably highlight is, you know, I got on Bamford pretty early. I viewed him as a season keeper for a long time. So why did I change my mind on that? I probably got... I probably got overexcited by possible double game weeks for players like Calvert-Lewin was probably the one I lost him for initially. So I just think when you've got a very good asset like Bamford, he is a season keeper really. Uh, and, I, and I really should have kept him. And I'm ready for more punishment this weekend. So that's the two that stand out for me. Ramsdale, game week one. Wish I didn't go that way. And I wish I didn't sell Bamford twice because he's punished me both times. And I'm pretty sure one of those times that I sold him was probably part of a minus four as well. And I think I've, you know, when, when I, when I, I'm sidetracking a wee bit here, but when I reflect on my season as well, uh, when it's over, I think I've taken a lot more hits than I usually do this season. Uh, so I need to go back and analyse whether whether they've worked or not or how often they worked and, and they haven't. Off the top of my head, I think they haven't worked as much as I would have liked. I think I'm on minus 40 four points hit so far which is what 10 hits you know in previous seasons I would have only taken maybe four five six hits so maybe next season that's something I look to go back to and try and reduce those hits again because for the most part especially in the last couple of weeks they definitely haven't worked game week 30 captaincy now I put a poll on twitter this morning with four options one was Kane one was Bruno the third option was Elite's attacker, so that takes into account Rafinha or Bamford. And the fourth option, as always, was Other. So the poll returned about 4,500 votes. No surprise, Harry Kane, who plays Newcastle, came out on top with 55%. Bruno, at home to Brighton, got 22.9%. Elite's attacker got 16.8%. They play Sheffield United at home and other got 5.3%. So I think those are the top three options. Kane, Bruno or a Leeds attacker this week. It's going to be Kane for me. I'm not even going to give it a second thought. I don't own Bruno Fernandes, so that makes the decision easier. Newcastle were just awful against Brighton, so Kane should score well this weekend. If you're looking for a differential captain, I think there's plenty of options this week. Havertz or Alonso against West Brom. Salah will probably be a bit of a differential because he's got a, f a fixture away to Arsenal. 
Man City attackers probably won't be captained that much away to Leicester either. Hyungman's son, if he's fit, is a good captain option against Newcastle. I mentioned Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison if you own them against Crystal Palace. And if you want to go completely differential, because on paper it's a tough fixture, West Ham away to Wolves, Antonio or Lingard are options as well. So I think... Yeah, for me, Harry Kane, it's a pretty easy one. It probably would have been harder if I owned Bruno to try and choose between those two. I've got Rafinha, happy enough to own him. Don't really have any, you know, any desire to captain him when I've got Harry Kane against Newcastle. Game week 30 transfers now. So there's a question here from FPL Clough and I thought I'd throw it in to the, the transfer section rather than the question section. Is it worth pulling the wildcard trigger this week? with Triple Chelsea then becoming an option. So this is something I've really struggled with during the international break. First of all, I've been trying to switch off from FPL, but in the back of my mind, for the last 10 days or so, I've been thinking, do I go a week early with the wildcard? I was always planning to go in 31, but do I go a week early in 30? Because I think there's some opportunities. Uh, and FPL Clough mentions one, for example, Triple Chelsea. They play West Brom at home. You know, we're all going to get Chelsea players probably next week. But there could be some ground to be made up if you go triple Chelsea this week on a wild card. For example, go triple defence, get three clean sheets, 18 points plus bonus. You're looking at probably 22, 24 points. That could be huge if it came off. Uh, another thing I've been thinking about if I was going to wild card this week, I don't have Bruno. I don't have Shaw. I think both of those players will come in this week and I like their fixture at home to Brighton. But then on the flip side, my team looks okay for game week 30. So at the moment, I'm undecided, but I am leaning towards waiting, sticking to the original plan and waiting until game week 31. I think I've been able to come up with more reasons to wait than I've been able to come up with the reasons to go a week earlier. Some of those reasons to wait are, it's always a bit risky wildcarding off the back of an international break. You don't know you know, certain players' fitness levels, there could be injuries we don't know about, there could be COVID issues after this international break due to players travelling. So I like another week of information to get that information and then wildcard. There's also the fixture swings. We know some teams have really good fixtures this week and then tricky fixtures in game week 31. So that's another reason to wait. Also, Champions League and Europa League takes place between game weeks 30 and 31. So you've got a lot of big teams playing between 30 and 31. Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal and Manchester United all play next midweek. So, you know, those are five teams you're going to be probably looking at for wildcard picks. So you could use the Champions League and Europa League team news to your advantage. You know, let's say certain players get rested in, in the Champions League or Europa League, then you're probably much more likely to buy them in your Game Week 31 wildcard. Another reason to wait, fixture uncertainty. We've still got a few matches that need to be rescheduled. A couple of double game weeks that could still happen. For example, Tottenham could have a double game week. Um, Everton and Aston Villa, I think, is another game that still needs to be rescheduled that we don't know yet. If we don't know that before this week's deadline, there's a good chance we're going to find out between game week 30 and 31. So let's say you find out between 30 and 31 that Tottenham have a double game week in 32. You can factor that into your Game Week 31 wildcard. Maybe you'll go double Spurs then. Whereas this week, you know, you might not. And I think the main thing for me is my team looks okay for Game Week 30. So I think, as always in FPL, 
if you're in doubt about something, you should probably do nothing. So that's probably what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to end up just making one free transfer, probably bringing a Chelsea player, get all that information next week, and then wildcard for 31. I just wanted to mention Tilt here as well. You'll you'll often hear people mention Tilt on Fantasy Podcast, and I think it comes from poker originally. I don't play poker, but I can definitely relate to this. So Tilt is defined as losing control due to anger. So Tilt, I've, I've just copy and pasted here from Wikipedia, Tilt originated as a poker term for a state of mental or emotional confusion or frustration in which a player adopts a less than optimal strategy, usually resulting in the player becoming over-aggressive. Tilting in fantasy causes managers to lose control due to anger. So I think I'm on tilt at the moment, uh, and it's probably taken me most of the international break to realise this. Because I've had five red arrows, I've, I've been very, very frustrated with FPL. I think the natural reaction for us then is to try and immediately fix things. So that's why there's a huge temptation for me to wildcard in 30 instead of 31 to try and get that instant fix, to try and get that triple Chelsea clean sheet, to try and you know give my season the shot in the arm that it needs after five very frustrating game weeks. But taking a step back, I think I would be wildcarding out of frustration rather than because I think it's the best time to do so. Doing this podcast has helped me to, has reminded me that the initial plan was wildcard 31. And for all those reasons I mentioned, yes, there's an opportunity to go this week and it could pay off for people who do. But I think I need to back my, my, my own judgment there that game week 31 is the best time to wildcard. Give myself the extra week of information. Stay calm. Don't take any hits this week. Make one transfer. Hopefully have a decent game week and then attack the final eight game weeks with the wild card hopefully with a lot more information so i think the lesson here is it's very important to recognize when you're on tilt and it can be very very hard to do so i mean i was very close to just activating the wild card straight away after game week 29 because i scored 36 points my rank went from 10k to 16k and i was extremely annoyed with the game but you know, I took a step back. I did build a few wildcard drafts, but I did realise that cash wasn't going to be an issue, so that probably saved me. And now, as the deadline gets closer for game week 30, I'm leaning towards just holding off, being patient, and not acting out of frustration. So always keep that in mind. If things are not going your way, ask yourself, are you making decisions because you're on tilt? Or are you making decisions because they're actually good decisions? So I'm left with a one-week punt before the wildcard. Most likely, I will get rid of Cancelo for Marcus Alonso. I could go for Luke Shaw, but I think the Chelsea fixture is better for a clean sheet. And I just love Alonso. Nostalgic reasons. Bring him in. One week fling. Hopefully, he gets a clean sheet, a goal, three bonus, 15 points. And then possibly keep him on the wild card. It'd be pretty hard to sell him if he scores you 15 points. So I think Alonso is as good as anyone as a one-week punt. Yes, he may not play, but I've got a decent bench this week. I think at the moment, my bench is Watkins, Soufal, Loughton. So if Bale doesn't turn up, I'll get Watkins off the bench. And if I was to buy Alonso and he didn't turn up, I get Soufal off the bench, which I don't mind because I fancy, you know, I think West Ham can get a clean sheet against Wolves, like I said earlier, who don't score many goals. So most likely for me, Cancelo to Alonso. The other option would be Gareth Bale out for Havertz. But 
like I mentioned earlier, I think if you own Bale and you're going to wildcard next week anyway, just keep him, say a couple of prayers, hopefully he starts and does some damage. Thank you for taking the time out of your week to listen. Please give it a retweet on Twitter if you enjoyed it and leave a review and five stars on whatever platform you're using to listen. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from me before the deadline, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Best of luck to you all for Game Week 30. I'll be back next Tuesday to preview Game Week 31 and talk about wildcards. Now, if I do change my mind and decide to wildcard this week, I'll, I'll tweet about it, so keep an eye on, on FPL General Twitter. If I do decide to wildcard, which at the moment is looking unlikely, you will find out via Twitter. Talk to you all next week, folks. The Athletic.